Amen. Praise God. Thanks to the uh, worship team for that experience. And you know, I don't speak any Spanish really, but uh, working off the translation of that last song, it, it makes me think about a passage, and I don't remember exactly where it is. Somebody can, can look it up for me. But uh, in the Gospels, you know, Jesus, he's teaching along, and, and everybody's like, wow, this guy, he's, he's got the goods. He's smart. We want to we wanna follow this guy. We want to follow this guy. And they he keeps gathering all these crowds, and then uh, finally he starts teaching some harder stuff and harder stuff because following Jesus is hard. It's hard. And uh, he starts teaching such that people are like, what you're saying, Jesus, is too hard. We can't, we can't do that. And then they start to leave. Big crowds of people leave. And Jesus looks to his, his 12 disciples. He says, are you going to leave too? And Peter says... <laughs> Jesus, you have the words of life. Where else would we go? Jesus is holding out the words of life for each and every one of us. And what a beautiful thing it is to be able to remind ourselves of that, to sing that. Even if we don't know all the words, it's the words of life. And that's what Jesus offers. And, you know, when we worship, uh, we sing truths. We sing truths to ourselves. We sing truths back to God, and, and sometimes we, like, really feel those truths, you know, and sometimes we just don't. We kind of sing um, aspirationally. We, we, uh, we're singing to, to get ourselves back to the place where we really feel those things, you know, because sometimes it's hard. Following Jesus is hard, and, uh, and we sing aspirationally, and maybe that's where you're at this morning. I don't know, but it reminds me of another thing that Jesus says in John 13. He says, hey, you don't understand what I'm doing now, but someday you will. You know, Jesus is saying, hey, you gotta, you got to hang in there. you gotta, you got to play for the long game and not just for uh, the here and now. That there's, there's, uh, there's things that are happening that you, you don't understand, but, but God understands. And, and he's the one who's making the way, who's the light in the darkness. And what a beautiful thing it is to, to remind ourselves, to preach to ourselves this morning about that. So uh, how about one more hand for what God is doing? Well, yeah, yeah, amen. <clears throat> well, we have been in a series we call A Healthy Church, and uh, we've been exploring what it means for our church to be fully aligned with God's agenda. And of course, we've been looking at the scriptures to help us understand what a healthy church looks like. And as we think about healthy churches, as we think about modeling our church on the, on the principles of the New Testament, then there's a lot of different churches we could look at. I mean, the, 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 the New Testament's full of, of different churches, and, and some of them are good models, and some of them are really not. Uh, in fact, almost all of the churches in the New Testament have problems, big or, or small. And the New Testament, as you, as you may know, full of letters, letters written to, to different churches, and these letters address problems that some of these churches have. You know, the church in Corinth, they had chaos in their worship services. They had people whose lives just were not reflecting Christ. Uh, the church in Rome had doctrinal issues that Paul had to clarify for them. The, the churches in Galatia, they struggled with legalism. The church in Philippi they had so much conflict, two women had to be called out by name. I'm not going to do that this morning, but... Uh, Uh, The same kind of problems are true in Thessalonica for all the different churches mentioned in the book of Revelation. In fact, one of those churches, they have so many problems that Jesus threatens to vomit it out of its mouth, out of his mouth. Uh, There's a lot of challenges that these churches faced. And as we try to look at the New Testament for examples of healthy churches, uh, 
it gets a little disheartening. I mean, it seems like maybe the only lessons there are to learn are lessons that come from failures of some of these churches. Uh, But there's one church in the New Testament that doesn't seem to have these problems. It doesn't get a letter. It doesn't get a threat from Jesus. It seems to be healthy. And as we're trying to move our church, Trinity, into more and more health, then this is a church that's worth investigating, worth learning from. And the church I'm talking about, it may not even be familiar to you, but it's a church that has a lot of things to teach us this morning. And I'm talking about the church that's in Antioch. You can read about that in Acts chapter 11. I'd love for you to turn there in your Bibles now, Acts chapter 11. And uh, Antioch, it was a big city, the the third largest city in the Roman Empire, located in what's now modern-day Turkey. And as we look at this church that was established in Antioch, we're going to see five lessons that we can learn for for our church today. And let's start off just reading about this church in Antioch. Look with me at Acts chapter 11. We're going to start at verse 19. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as, as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad, and he encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church, taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. They did this, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. So, so this is it, just a couple of paragraphs, but there's so many things to learn from this church in Antioch, this healthy church. Let's dive in. The first lesson from this church is, is maybe the most important. The first lesson is that they were ethnically diverse, ethnically diverse. Look at the beginning of the passage again. Now, those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed, they traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. So the early church, they were centered in Jerusalem. They were reaching Jews with the gospel. And when Stephen is killed in Acts chapter 7, persecution increases. A lot of the believers scatter. But notice here, when they get to Antioch, they're not just preaching to Jews. They're also reaching Gentiles. And it might be a bit difficult for us to really understand the the ethnic divide that was between Jews and Gentiles. I mean, they weren't just different, but Jews were really taught that Gentiles were, were enemies. They, they were unclean. A Jew couldn't even associate with a Gentile. <clears throat> In fact, that's an issue that comes up in some of these other New Testament churches, they don't handle it very well. But uh, uh, there's a well-known Jewish prayer that says, uh, Blessed are you, O God, King of the universe, who has not made me a Gentile, a slave, or a woman. Right? So there's a deep, inherent racism between Jews 
and Gentiles. It's no little thing. And, and here in Antioch, though, this church is ethnically diverse right from the start. They purposefully seek out people who are different from them, and they share the gospel with them. This is the first time it's ever happened. I mean, each of us owes these unnamed men from Cyprus and Cyrene a debt of gratitude. Without their willingness to reach beyond what was comfortable, then none of us would even be here. Of course, this morning we're celebrating our own ethnic diversity as a faith family, and I I want us to see it's just as important today for our church as it was for this church in Antioch, a, a willingness to reach out with the gospel to those who are different from us, to embrace our differences, to, to unify ourselves around the gospel message. And there's so much gospel opportunity in this community if we have eyes to see it, to, to grow together, to learn from each other, to unite our efforts, especially in our Spanish-speaking community. It's not an us and them, it's just us, just just brothers and sisters in Christ. And we've said from the very beginning that our vision with our Spanish language ministry is one church in two languages. So it's a one church, one faith family. That means each of us willing to follow the example of this church in Antioch, to be willing to bend towards unity, towards uh, understanding, towards love for each and every one of us, those who are different from us. So my challenge to us today is to be countercultural. To be uncomfortable. If your engagement with church isn't making you uncomfortable, if your engagement with the gospel is not stretching you out of your comfort zone, then I'm going to suggest that you're not really fully invested in a life in Christ. So that's the first lesson. The second lesson we can learn from this church in Antioch comes right out of the same attitude, this attitude that the church had to be willing to reach out. Look at the next verse, verse 21. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. So because of their willingness to engage the community to get out of their comfort zone, they saw growth. The church grew in healthy ways. It grew from people who were, uh, you know, not just coming from some other church across town that they didn't like that church. They thought they'd come check this one out. Not musical chair church growth, but they're growing in healthy ways. Uh, The passage says the Lord's hand was with them. The church is growing, but people are coming to faith. And new people, new Christians coming. And and that's something we desperately want to see more of here at Trinity. But it doesn't come from just sitting here and caring for each other, caring for ourselves. It comes from going and engaging. Engaging even people who are different from us. Uh, There's a third lesson from this church at Antioch. They remained focused on what was most important. Look at verse 22. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. So Barnabas is sent to examine what's happening in Antioch, this this remarkable growth amongst Gentiles, and he encourages this church. But notice when he encourages them specifically, remain true to the Lord with all your hearts. He keeps them focused on Christ. That's the lesson, a healthy church is continually focused on Christ. Notice a bit further down the passage what they did to help people stay focused on Christ. Look at verse 25. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught a great number of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. 
So Barnabas, he goes to find Saul, that's the Apostle Paul, so that he can come and teach people. They have all these new converts, and they equip them through Paul's excellent teaching. That's the secret to their success. Not just being willing to reach out and grow new converts, but, but growing and equipping the people who came to faith. They kept everyone continually focused on Christ. What was the curriculum they used? I don't know for sure, but I have a pretty good guess. Their curriculum must have been centered on Christ. They must have been continually talking about Christ, understanding how the gospel of Christ should show up in their day-to-day lives. And I know this because at the end of verse 26, the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Everywhere they went, they're talking about Christ to everybody they meet. They're so focused on Christ, they got a nickname, the Christ people. Look out, here come those Christ people. Act busy, you know. Everybody's watching. This, this nickname is a great indication that they, they're, they're living out the things that they were taught. They're talking about Jesus all the time. In every place, with every person, they're, they're talking about Christ when they go out shopping in the market, when they're watching sporting events, when they're working, when they're relaxing. In a healthy church, the, the, the teaching, the equipping, it shows up in our lives. And this early uh, church, uh, just like them, uh, our way of living should be so radically different that people take notice. We should be living questionable lives, lives that make people stop and ask, what, what is it about us? What's our values? What's, what's the most important thing to us? You know, we should have a reputation. I mean, make no mistake, we do have a reputation, but we should have a reputation that, that's focused on what's most important, that's focused on Christ, continually focused on Christ. And now I know that the teaching they received in Antioch shows up in their lives based on this next lesson. The fourth lesson from this church at Antioch comes from verse 27. During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. This they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. So the lesson here is simply this. They acted on their faith. Their faith in Christ transformed their lives. They, they heard about this famine, and they make sacrificial giving to the church in Jerusalem. And notice, too, they're, they're a sending church, not just uh, sending money, but they send off their two best leaders, Barnabas and Saul. And they're so generous with their resources. As a result, Paul and Barnabas go on this missionary journey, starting new churches all over the place and spreading the gospel even more. The whole focus of this church was on others, equipping themselves so that Christ was the center of their lives and letting that show up in everything that they do. So today as we're celebrating our our one church, two languages, let's recommit ourselves to that that vision of of spreading the gospel to our whole community. That involves prayer, giving, sending, serving, sharing our faith, all the things that we see happening at this healthy church in Antioch. One final lesson from this church. Twice in this brief little passage, we see a mention of the Holy Spirit, verse 24 and verse 28. So the fifth lesson from this church in Antioch is that they were a spirit-led church. Their leadership was led by the Holy Spirit. The church was as well. They have a a holy expectation that something's going to happen every time they gather. 
And of course, that's exactly what happens when, when Agabus, this prophet, he stands up in their worship service, and the Christians in Antioch were so well equipped, were, were so well taught that they could respond to the Holy Spirit with accuracy and with bold faith. They're a spirit-led church. What about you? Do you have an expectation that the Holy Spirit's going to communicate something to you every time you walk in the doors here? Do you have an expectation that God is going to stretch you or or challenge you when you come and engage in your faith family? A healthy church is a spirit-led church. The Holy Spirit using God's word to, to speak to us, to encourage us, to challenge us, to live for Christ, to keep Christ at the center of everything we do. The church at Antioch is a really healthy model for us here at Trinity. It was ethnically diverse. It was active in sharing their faith with outsiders. It was centered on Christ. They allowed their teaching to show up in their lives, and they were led by the Holy Spirit, dependent upon him. That's God's desire for our church, too, for our English-speaking people and for our Spanish-speaking people. And this morning, I want us to keep living out these values in our church, one church two languages. And so I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask Pastor Edgar to come up here. I'm going to pass the baton on to him. Let him share from the word as well. Let me pray. God, what a joy it's been this morning to to worship together in uh, two languages. And uh, it's just a great reminder that you are at work amongst uh, all the people of the world and all the people in our community, Lord. You've got a heart for each and every one of us. And I pray that you would just continue to work through our church, continue to work through Pastor Edgar, give him uh, the, the stamina and the spirit guidance to do the things that you've called him to do. I'm so grateful to be able to, to partner with him in ministry here, Lord. And I pray that you would just use him even now to speak to us and encourage us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Muchas gracias, Pastor Chris. Thank you very much, Pastor Chris. Ah, es una bendición poder trabajar contigo. It's a blessing to work with you. Y poder ver la mano de Dios obrando no solamente en tu vida. And to see the hand of God to work not only in your life, pero también en la mía. But also in mine. ¿Cómo están en esta mañana? How are you guys doing this morning? Bien, qué bien. Good. Qué bien. Quiero quiero decirles que el modelo que, que el pastor Chris enseñó de la iglesia. I want to tell you that the model that Pastor Chris was teaching this morning. En el libro de los Hechos. Book of Acts. Capítulo 11, verso 19. Hasta el chapter 11. 28. Um, Quiero introducir mi mensaje con el verso 27 y 28. I want to introduce my message with verse 27 and 28 of Acts. En aquel tiempo, uh, at that time, los discípulos, the disciples, recibieron mensaje de Dios, received a message from God, que iba a venir una hambre a toda tierra habitable. That there was going to come a famine to all the earth. Entire Rome world. Pero lo curioso es esto. That's curious. Que hoy en día, today, 
Nosotros no tenemos hambre de comida. We don't have, we don't hunger for physical food. Uh, tenemos mucha comida. We have lots of food. Mucha. Lots. Pero sí tenemos hambre. But we do hunger. De una relación. With relationship. De una intimidad. Intimate. De conocer a Dios de God una manera real. In a new way, a real way. So, eso es lo que me lleva a mí a compartir lo que quiero compartir con ustedes en esta mañana. So that takes me where I want to share with you this morning. Pero ante todo quiero darle la bienvenida a cada uno de ustedes. But before that, I just want to say warm welcome for every single person that's here. Especialmente. Especially. Aquellos que nos visitan por primera o segunda vez. For those that visit us first or second time. Welcome. Sé que Dios te trajo aquí. I know that God you here. Y Dios quiere bendecir tu corazón And en esta mañana. Bless your heart this Lo creo con todo mi corazón. No, I believe it with all my heart. Quiero compartir contigo cinco observaciones. I want to share with you five observations. Cinco. Five. Quiero que pongas mucha atención a la palabra de Dios. Very close attention of the word of God. Quiero leerla en español primero. I will read it in Spanish first. Y voy a leer, y él la va a leer en inglés. Then I'll read in English. Cantar alegres a Dios, habitantes de toda la tierra. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Servir a Jehová con alegría, venir ante su presencia con regocijo. Worship the Lord with gladness, come before him with joyful song. Reconocer que Jehová es Dios, Él nos hizo y no a nosotros mismos. Pueblo suyo somos y oveja de su prado. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us and not we ourselves. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Entrad por sus puertas con acción de gracias. Por sus atrios con alabanza. Alabarle. Bendecir su nombre. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Porque Jehová es bueno para siempre. Es su misericordia y su verdad por todas las generaciones. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Es interesante It's ver to see que el país donde estamos no tenemos hambre. That the country we're in, we're not hungry. We don't go hungry. Yo creo que tenemos todo. ¿Están de acuerdo conmigo? Are you guys on the same page with me? Yo creo que no solamente todo, sino suficiente. Not everyone, but sufficient about the majority. Y a veces no hemos experimentado qué es tener hambre. And sometimes we haven't even experienced how it feels to be hungry. En esta mañana, this morning, quiero compartir contigo la primera cosa, I want la primera observación. First observation. En el Salmo 100. 
Para aquellos que no saben dónde estoy leyendo, estoy leyendo el Salmo 100. We're reading in Psalms 100. For those of you who haven't noticed, sorry. Quiero, quiero, quiero decirles que lo voy a empezar un poquito diferente en esta mañana. I'm going to start a little bit different this morning. Y lo voy a empezar con el verso 3. I'm going to start with verse 3. Ese va a ser la base. That's going to be the foundation, the basics. Y toda la estructura de las cinco observaciones que yo voy a compartir And en esta mañana. And the whole structure of the whole five observations that I'm going to share with you this morning. So, espero que Dios le dé un corazón abierto. So, I hope that God gives you an open heart. Una mente entendida. An, an, a mind that understands. Y un espíritu para recibir su palabra. And a spirit to receive his word. El verso 3 dice, reconocer que Jehová es Dios, Él nos hizo y no a nosotros mismos. Verse 3 again, know that the Lord is God, it is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Quiero preguntarte, I want to ask you, ¿cuánto conoces al Señor? How much do you know of God? Ahora déjeme cambiar mi pregunta. Let me change the question. ¿Cómo conoces al Señor? How do you know God? Porque esto this te va a llevar take you al segundo punto. To the second point. Los otros cuatro van a ser fáciles. The other four are be easy. De aplicar to apply, y de entender. To understand. So, si tú reconoces quién es Dios que hizo los cielos y la tierra, so if you know that the Lord is God and that He made the heavens and the earth, y reconoces que él es tu redentor, and that you recognize that He is your redeemer, es tu salvador, your savior, es tu Dios, He's your God. Vas a venir a sus pies, you're going to come to His feet, y le vas a adorar, and you're going to worship Him. Le vas a bendecir. You're going to bless his name. Le vas a exaltar. You're going to exalt his name. Lo vas a poner en lo más alto. You're going to put his name in the highest place. No importando quién te vea, quién te critique, qué digan de ti. Doesn't matter what others' opinion about you. Tú vas a adorarle. You're going to worship him. Todo tu corazón, with all your heart, mente, with all your mind, and all your strength. Preguntarte, I want to ask you, ¿cómo en esta mañana, en estas how did you enter through these doors? It's, ¿no? It's interesting. Todo comienza si tú realmente conoces. Everything starts with if you really understand. ¿Quién es Dios? Who is God? ¿Estás seguro que perteneces a él? Are you sure that you belong to God? Seguro, seguro. Very confident. I'm secure. Porque hay indicadores que nos indican Because there's indicators that tell us que pertenecemos a Él. That we belong to Christ. 
uno de los indicadores más extraordinarios que este pasaje nos enseña es la observación número dos. One of the indicators so extravagant that the word of God says it's a number two, observation number two. Cantar alegres a Dios, habitantes de toda la tierra. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Deberían de saltar. You got to get out of your seats and say hallelujah. Dios es bueno. God is good. Muy bueno con nosotros. Really good with us. Hace seis años, déjeme abrir mi corazón un poquito. Let me open your, my heart with you guys a little bit. Six years ago, Dios me trajo a Walla Walla. God brought me to Walla Walla. <laughs> He podido crecer. I was able to grow. Conocer. No meet other people. Pero conocer a Dios en primer lugar. First off, to meet God, to know God. Another level, another level. In another level. So, cuando yo llegué, yo sé que había so mucho, mucha here, duda. I know there was ministerio. a lot of doubt in the ministry. Pero yo estaba convencido de que Dios me había traído a Walla Walla. But I was convinced that God brought me here to Walla Walla. ¿Sabe por qué? You know why? No me venir a Walla Walla. Because I didn't want to come to Walla Walla. It's very funny. I could see his faithfulness. Y he podido reconocer que, que Dios es Dios, no importa las circunstancias. And I was able to recognize that God is God, no matter my circumstance. Y esto me lleva a mi tercer punto. This takes me to my third point. Quiero preguntarte, si tú le reconoces, you, if you know, if, si tú le reconoces al Señor, that the Lord is God, mañana, Tú sabes que él es tu señor, que él es tu redentor, que él es tu Dios. Pero no estás sirviéndole al señor como debes de servirle. Yo quiero preguntarte en esta mañana, ¿por qué no? ¿Por qué no? ¿Por qué no servimos al Dios que nos ha salvado, nos ha redimido, nos ha rescatado de nuestra manera de vivir y nos ha puesto en un lugar maravilloso para conocerle, para adorarle, para servirle. I want to ask you something. La iglesia, the church, estas puertas, these doors, van a entrar gentes, personas, people are going to come, de otro color, different color, diferente educación, different education, diferente nivel social, different uh, social status, y aún diferente 
mente que la, que la de usted and también. even a different mind a different thinking process than yours ¿Cómo vamos a servir al Señor? How are we going to serve God? Vamos a abrazar. Are we going to hug? En darle la bienvenida a esta gente. And give them a welcome to these, these people. Enseñarles quién es Dios. Teach them who is God. Y por qué le exaltamos. And why we glorify him and why we serve him or we're going to turn our back and we're going to try to ignorant people oh yes I'm speaking in tongues estoy convencido I am convinced que Dios está trabajando en nuestra iglesia. The God is working in this church. ¿Te guste? You like it? ¿O no? Or not? Dios está obrando aquí. God is working in this place. ¿Y sabe para qué? ¿Cuál es el propósito? And do you know why? Do you know what the purpose is? No es para hacerte a ti feliz, contento It's o not for you to be happy, content with life sino es para que él sea glorificado. But is for for him to be glorified, God. Yo te pregunto en esta mañana. So I ask you this morning. Again, otra vez. Again. Conoces con toda seguridad. Do you know with all your confidence, your whole being? ¿Quién es Dios? Who is God? Porque eso te va a mover Because that's going to move you hacer to do lo que este pasaje está hablando. What this passage is teaching you to do. Vas a adorarle. You're going to worship Vas him. Vas a servirle. You're going to serve him. Y esta es la cuarta. Cuando Fourth. tú entras y yo entro en estas puertas, en este santuario. When you come in this sanctuary, through these doors. Voy a entrar. No te viene esto. Note this con una gratitud, con acción de gracia, con lo que Dios está haciendo en mi familia, en mi trabajo, en mi ministerio, en mi vecindad, en todo lo que toco, Dios está obrando su perfecta voluntad. En everything I touch, God is working His perfect good will. Y si Dios no lo está haciendo, yo quiero preguntarte por qué no. And if God's not doing it, then I have to ask you why not. ¿Por qué no? Why not? ¿Será que conocemos mucho a Dios? Conocemos mucho de Dios. Maybe we just know a lot about God. Pero no le conocemos a él. But we do not know God. Porque cuando conocemos a Dios, Because when we know God, déjame decirte algo. Let me tell you something. Lo primero que hace Dios, the first thing we do, te humilla. The first thing God does, He humbles us. Para que le reconozcas quién es él. So that we know that the Lord is God. Quizá tú tienes todo. Maybe you have everything. 
Y no necesitas a Dios. And you don't need God. Todo lo tienes figurado. You have everything figured out. Pero si tú eres hijo de Dios. But if you're a child of God. Tú no vas a tener el gozo. La paz. You will have the joy, the peace. En Gálatas capítulo 5 verso Gal 22 enseña Galatians chapter 5 20 teaches que el fruto del espíritu fruit of the spirit es amor is love gozo joy paz peace Si el indicador está enseñando que no hay amor if the indicator is showing that there's not love que no hay qué? Segundo lugar, ¿qué es? What's the second point in Galatians chapter 5 verse 20? No hay gozo. Joy. Y no hay paz. If there's no peace. Yo pregunto. Let me I'll ask you ¿Por again. qué no? Why not? ¿Por qué no? Why not? Entrar por sus puertas con acción de gracias, por sus atrios con alabanza, alabarle, bendecir su nombre. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Esto me lleva a mi quinta observación. Ya lo leyó. Do you guys ready to read it? Porque Jehová es bueno y para siempre su misericordia y su verdad por todas las generaciones. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Déjame darte algo extra. Let me give you que Dios, que Dios an extra thing that Mientras tú no entiendas until you do not, until you en tu corazón that in your heart, quién es Dios who is God, créeme, tú vas a venir a la iglesia believe me, you're going to come to the church pero nunca vas a poder experimentar but you will never voz, experiment la instrucción, la disciplina the teaching, la the guía, discipline, the guidance y el amor de Dios and the love of God. por el contrario déjame darte la otra On the contrary, let me tell you the other side. te va a costar venir it's, it's going to cost you what? it's going to be hard to come you're always going to put obstacles to show to the house of God to listen to learn to be instructed, to be guided, to be disciplined. So yo quiero preguntarte I want to ask you a question. otra vez. Again. En realidad conoces a Dios? In reality, do you know God? Déjame decirte 
que cuando uno conoce a Dios nuestra actitud refleja el carácter de Cristo Yo quisiera que en esta mañana I would like for this morning que se fueran a su casa. That you go to your house. Y si tú realmente no estás convencido And if you really are not convinced quién es Dios who is God? ores al Padre para que te revele quién es su Hijo Jesucristo. Pray to the Father so that he can reveal to you who is Jesus Christ. Este es extra que yo no se los di en la mañana, this al is, servicio de la mañana. This is extra, something I didn't give to the previous service. Psalms 119, verse 133. I know it, uh, say in Spanish. Salmo 119, 133. Psalms 119, 133. Y esta es mi This is my prayer. Señor, God, ordena mis pasos. Direct my steps. Con tu palabra. With your word, according to your word. Y que ninguna iniquidad. Let no sin. Se apodere de mí. Rule over me. Lo voy a repetir otra vez. I'll repeat it again. Salmo 119, 133. Psalms 119, verse 133. Padre, ordena mis pasos con tu palabra. God, direct my footsteps according to your word. Y que ninguna maldad o iniquidad se apoderen de mí and let no sin rule over me créeme mi amado me, hermano en esta mañana my brothers and sisters que cuando tú entras por estas puertas con un corazón enter these doors, your heart, con un corazón agradecido with a grateful heart no solamente Dios va a hablar a tu vida not only will God speak to your life sino que te va a instruir y te va a guiar but he is also going to build you up and he's going to guide you y sobre todo te va a dar esa sonrisa and over everything he's going to give you that big old smile y aún hasta la pared le vas a decir hi even to the wall you're going to say hi no hay cosa más triste que ver a un cristiano There's nothing more sad and heartbreaking to see a Christian sin fuego without fire. So ese es el mensaje que Dios me dio para la iglesia. So this is the message God gave me for this church. Dios está trabajando. God is working. Y está haciendo su perfecta voluntad. And he's doing his perfect will estemos esté yo usted de acuerdo o no even if 
if we are on the same page or not. Dios va a hacer su perfecta voluntad. God is going to continue to do his perfect will. So déjeme recomendarle esto solamente para terminar. Pastor Chris, pase para Okay, let me just recommend you one more thing before we close, Pastor Chris. Si tú le reconoces, if you know God, cada vez que entres por estas puertas, if you recognize God every time you come through these doors, adora al Señor. Worship God. Adora al Señor. Worship God. Si tú no estás sirviéndole al Señor, la pregunta es por qué. If you're not serving God, the, re- the question is why. ¿Por qué? Why? ¿Qué maldad se ha apoderado de ti que te tiene encadenado? What sin has gripped you so hard that you cannot serve? Otra vez, vuelve a dónde? A reconocer quién es. Again, we're going to return to where? Know that the Lord is God. Para que puedas entrar. So that you can come. Con un corazón. With a grateful heart. Y puedas reconocer que Dios es bueno. And that you can know that God is good. ¿Cuántos entendieron? How many guys understood it this morning? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Edgar. And Noé, you get like uh, half credit for that. Yeah, nice job. <laughs> That's-